know what to say at my mouth. You just don't know what to hear. Yeah. You don't want to hear it. People were like, they want you to, yeah. Yeah, but I be like, you need to put some chapstick on. Like, I pray a lot. I know we're supposed to trust in you, but sometimes I lose faith a lot. Behind these closed doors, I go through so much shit and take a lot. Yeah, my heart call it like no feeling there. Yo, 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 it's JP on the FWM podcast. Fight with me, the diary of the strong black people here in the rabbit hole once again. And I have two special people here with me. I got my boy BJ back in the building. Yes, sir. And I have a special individual here today. It's a black history savant, <laughs> you know. Um, she's definitely, I've heard her a lot on different platforms and I follow her on Instagram and we definitely cross paths on the podcast and I was very intrigued by the information that she gave and you know she said some things that really caught my ear when she was saying you know back in elementary school she used to do history projects back in my elementary school that I attended to was Bartow and you know she said that she used to stand out with her history projects and that's something that she liked to do and she just kind of made it seem like you know she washed everybody out of the water for black history month but you know i told her you know if i was still in elementary school back then i would have <laughs> definitely dominated her history you know what i'm saying i would have gave her a good run i don't think she would beat me but but from her knowledge that she has given i do believe man she definitely would have she would have, she would have gave me a good, good run, whooping my ass in the history, in the history, uh, portion of it, man. But uh, some of you may know her. And if you don't, you will get to know her real well after this is, uh, Mother Mayla. You know, she has, um, taken the charge of helping rebuild Savannah. And I've, felt the need to bring her on so she can give us some information on the things she's doing in our community because she's very strong head and um very tough and I I, I admire the the things she's doing and I felt the need to bring her on because as a woman in Savannah, Georgia that's standing up for causes, I think a voice like that in this informative environment is very important so you know today we get to in the mind of uh mother Mela, and here you are how you doing i'm good how are you doing great i want you to just give the listeners a couple things of what you have going on and your stance and what's going on new with you and we're gonna definitely uh dialogue a little bit okay well, um, right now, my business is called Rebuild Savannah. It started out as a directory uh, website for Black-owned businesses in Savannah, uh, where I just, it was kind of like Yelp. So it would state the name of the business, the logo. It would have the time that it's open and it would have the phone number and you could get directions from it. Like if you click it on a link, um, it would take you directly to where the business was located. Or if it was an online business, it would state it was just an online business. That's how it started. 
Um, I also used to do like logos and flyers um, to get people involved in participating and supporting black owned businesses in Savannah. So my mission was or still is to bring awareness and to promote and help establish black owned businesses in Savannah. It kind of turned it really expanded very fast. Mm. Um, so I started with that and then I ended up with the, the development of Savannah. I studied it and got interested in it. And um, that kind of took off into some other things that I've gotten into that's led me to where I am right now. So um, when you look at the development of Savannah, you can't look at it without Black people because we are very... Involved, very much so involved in the building of Savannah, which is one of the reasons why I named it Rebuilt Savannah, because we initially built Savannah. They brought us over here to build Savannah. Um, when you go downtown, you look at the cobblestones. We did that. Uh, if you look at the buildings downtown, we did that. If you look at the cathedrals downtown, we did that. And if you want a, a picture um, to know that signifies that we did it. If you look at the symbols on the bars of the cathedrals, or if you look at the gates outside the homes downtown, or even throughout the city, you'll see Sankofa symbols. Um, Sankofa means to go back and go fetch, go fetch and go get it, which is Gullah Geechee term. And <laughs> um, you see them, but we don't know it. If we, we're walking past it now today, we wouldn't notice like, what is that? Um, there's a lot of Andrinka symbols throughout Savannah, but the most prominent one is the Sankofa symbol. And I realized that, you know, one day I was really just walking downtown. I was like, man, Savannah got all this stuff going on and people don't even know. They don't know. They don't even pay attention to what's going on. And I don't even blame them. I blame like the ancestors, the grandmas, the aunties, the uncles, because someone like my mom, she was she grew up in the 70s. And I feel like I should be knowing more black stuff than anybody, which I probably I do. And that's probably the reason why I do know more. But granted, some people, parents grew up in the 90s. Some people grew up in the 80s. So it's like outside my friends, they wouldn't know like anything about black history other than Martin Luther King, Malcolm X and, you know, the most. What years your mom? 70 what? Oh, and she was born in the 60s. No, she was born in the 50s, but she oh. grew up, you know, in oh, the yeah. 70s and the 60s. So that's like a very intricate time where, you know, blackness was being, you yeah. know, profound and loud and, you know, very. So let me think. She was still, let me see, by elementary school, was she still segregation? She was um, 60, what? No, and. She she was born 56, 57. I can't remember which one. I think it's 56. So she was like, yeah, she, no, she was already integrated when, because integration started here in like 1940 something. Yeah. No, not 1940. 1955, I want to say. So she just, she was born right. Yeah, right around that time. Because I know Johnson High School was one of the first schools to integrate. I think Jenkins and Savannah High was one of the last schools to integrate. Okay. Because those schools were really white. Like Savannah High was initially a white school. But when Martin died, she was well enough. Yeah, she was old, old enough, enough to, to know. know. Yeah, she was when very Martin and Malcolm old enough. died. Yeah. Okay. And she remembers that. So, which is cool. So, 
So let me ask you this. Let's let's go back. Let's rewind growing up in elementary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the reason being, because I know I heard you say that your brother was an artist, you mm-hmm. know, that he would do your drawings for you for your project. So did moms kind of like teach you that that stuff, that how you stayed or did you go on your own to try to See, okay, I'm putting it like this. My mama did not play about black and white. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. so um I'll give you an example. One Mother's Day, um, my stepdad, well, he bought it, but you know, he presented as the whole family bought it, the kids bought it too. So he brought her these lamps for the living room because she just purchased like a new living room set. And he brought the lamps to match it. And my mom loves angels. She collects angels. And he brought white angel lamps in the house. Like the angels were white. And my mom opened it and she was like, I don't want these. Like, take these back. <laughs> like, because they were white. Like, if you go to my mom's house right now, you'll see nothing but black angels. You'll see, like, black little figurines. She don't play like, white Jesus. No. No. And even like the pictures, like uh it's a it's a most famous picture called Beulah Beulah's baptism or something like that. And um it's a picture of just beautiful black women. She has that picture in the house and she does not like any picture you see in the house, it it better be black. Like she didn't play that. I don't blame her. <laughs> I never owned a white doll baby. I don't blame her. Cabbage Patch dolls, even my porcelain dolls that I used to collect were all black. I love moms. <laughs> I swear to God, I love them. Like, that, that's what's up, though. But dude. even her, like, just to give you a, a, you know, where I come from, my aunts, all their kids' names have African names. I don't think I'm the only one that don't have an African name. Like, some kind of African name. Like, either their first or their middle name has, is African. You the baby? Yeah. So you I was the oopsie. 65, so. You, the, you was the oopsie. You know, I was the wanted child. That's what I tell my brother. I was like, my brother, you happen, but I was wanted because we're 18 years apart. She always wanted two kids and she had uh, like four miscarriages, four or five. And that's why my name is Faith. So it's only two of you. Yeah, it's only two of us. I thought it was like four of y'all. No, no. Only two. No, it's just two of us. Okay. But for you to grow up like that, though, and to have that type of history though back in and to be so young, that's just phenomenal though. Like we we don't our kids and even back then though, because what that's the early ninety well the late nineties, early two thousands growing up for your history, right? Cause mm-hmm. you like what, twenty? I'm I'm twenty nine. Oh yeah. shit, we're not that far apart then. Yeah. We're not that far apart. So when I'm thirty two, I'm eighty nine. Okay, that's not that far. But yeah, so that that mean we was in the in the late nineties, coming in two thousands when we was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that that's when like history was tough. Mm-hmm. February was yeah tough, and I feel like it it was more known, like thought of back then than it is now. Like now they don't really I I believe enforce it. I believe now it's just one of those it's things. It's a scheme. Yes. Yeah. I just think it's, it's just, just black is is profit. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, I, I cannot stand that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just think it's a profit now. We mm-hmm. do everything. If it has to do with black, it's old. It's likes and shares mm-hmm. because black brings trauma and money. 
And anything that associates with our culture, you think, oh, dollar bills. Right. And I, I just that's that's what bothers me about it. And when when we were in elementary school, we took pride on George Washington Carver, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. We, you know, back then, Easter and Black history was something that mm -hmm. we grew up because. And then also, I just really believe the control of, of, of us growing up Christianity and mm -hmm. the mind control of certain ways that it was just front of mind always. Even even with that, I would say. The teachers we had, they actually mm. cared. They cared. And if you look at those teachers, most of those teachers, they grew up in like the 70s or that has a big role to do, play, play a big part to play in it as well, because you only as good as who you influenced by. So if that's what you see someone doing or passionate about, you know, that's going to interest you. You're like, oh, she really liked that. Or she really means like this really you know, would help me or this would make build my confidence into knowing who I am type thing. The teachers now are coming into it at 23. Right. That's true. We had 70 year old. Yeah. Old we had teachers. old teachers. That's true. Like we, we didn't have teachers that was on TikTok twerking. Like we had old, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Disciplined. Disciplined. Mm -hmm. Like teachers. we was getting beat with, we had, we could get beatings in yeah, pre-K back then. We like, could. That the ruler, the paddle, that's what we had back then. We were getting pinched by the teacher. Boy, mm -hmm. get your ass over there. You got these <laughs> teachers right here thinking you got no damn sense. Mm -hmm. Get your ass over there. Mm -hmm. you, you can do that because mom, it was out of love. The mama gave the teacher permission. Permission, yeah. Because it was out of love. It's a village. They knew mm -hmm. it was out of love. Mm -hmm. The chastising, you know what I'm saying? And we live by, you know, spare the rod. It's not spoil the child. It's spoil, it's spare the rod. You hate that child. Mm -hmm. Because if you spoil it, that means you don't care about the upbringing of that child. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the big thing that we're missing now. And for someone like you who takes great pride in history and educating, I think we need more people like that because you're not just the one of those you know, overly, you know, equal rights and just, uh, you know, and I think a lot of women sometimes too are just using that woman card for the, you know what I'm saying? Just to get sympathy or for you to get what you want. Mm -hmm. But when I've heard you and I see, and I follow you a lot on Instagram and it's all about all across the board. It's all about educating and us getting better across the board and that's one thing that has interested me and wanted to have a conversation with you because I see what you're about. Also, because when we talked about on the um the podcast, I know you deal with children mm -hmm. a lot. What what's with that too that you deal with the children? Um with children uh post uh COVID, I started, you know, most businesses they have a way of giving back. Um they usually do like back to school or turkeys, Thanksgiving or something like that, Christmas gifts or whatever. What I wanted to do and what I did do for a short amount of time <laughs> was um, I did giveaways where I would get tickets for like um, the Monster Truck Show or Disney on Ice and stuff like that. And I would uh, pick a, a mother and a child or a father and a child. And that and create a memorable moment for that, for them, for that family. So what I found was 
these kids, they need time. They need attention. And I feel like that was very important. And I feel like nobody was doing that and nobody really cared about doing that. They just either wanted to give money or they see that as charity, giving money or giving food or clothes or something that's charity, which it is. It can be. But I feel like time is the most important thing when it especially when it comes to family and people you love and especially to younger children, because that in a sense, it, uh, you know, opens that child's mind up. It creates a. Uh, an imagination to possibilities that they can expand on when they grow older. Um, it also creates a bonding moment where they can always brag about, Mama, you remember that time you took me to Disney on ice? Remember that time you ate that, we ate that ice cone and I got brain, my brain froze or whatever. Like <laughs> it's just different moments like that. Like when your when your mom dies dead and gone, you still gonna remember that moment. So I thought that was very important. And I, I want to get back to that. I will get back to that since everything is, you know, calmed down. But um, that was one of the things that I focused on with the youth. I also like gravitate towards um, my family because that's important to me. I am the youngest cousin out of 65 and maybe more. So <laughs> why everybody look like that? <laughs> But yeah, I'm the youngest cousin. And then, like I said, my brother is 18 years older than me. So I never really had anybody to be like, you know, big brother, big sister type thing. Even though I did have a big brother, but by the time I got like old enough for him to like big brother, big sister me, um, I mean, little sister me, um, he already had his family. So mm. it's not like he could, you know, spend a lot of time with me, even though he like maybe stopped by or whatever. I thought, you know, since I don't have kids, since I don't have a family yet, I could at the least I could do is be the difference and be the exception because there was nobody in my family doing that, like reaching back, which I talked about in Sankofa. So um, I feel like that was very important. So my niece and, ne and nephews, I mean, my nephew and nieces, um, I always hang out with them. My little cousins, which are like my age because my older cousins are way older than me. So their kids are kind of like my siblings as well. So you got nieces and nephews that's older than you. No, they're younger than me. Oh, they're bigger than me oh. and taller than me, but they're younger than me. They look older than me. My youngest niece, she'll graduate this this year in May, next month. Yeah, <laughs> and um, my nephew is twenty three. My oldest niece is twenty. She'll be twenty five this month. So so they actually kind of grew up. Yeah. At the age of brothers and sisters. Yeah. Because y'all were the same age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the black family. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the damn black family, boy. Yep. That, it, it just be funny how we grow up, bro. Yep. Like, my nieces. Like, this is my auntie, but she only like a couple years older than yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm a couple, you know, when the, some of them the same age. Yeah. Mama was pregnant at the same, the same time. time as. That's daughter. crazy, though. I can't imagine being pregnant at the same time as my mom. I'm like, girl, Sam. How much you pregnant? Like, I mean, that, but that is, that's just how it is, and is we just is is the black community though. I don't think we realize too, man, with things like that, because it was worse back in the day. Oh, because yeah. they will hide that, mm -hmm. like the the daughter would get pregnant mm -hmm. too young. But then the child would be raised as yeah, if that's the, the sister. Show. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you don't even tell them. Like, mm -hmm. we're just making jokes and saying mm -hmm. because of the age difference. But you were told 
that's your sister. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of the history that we turn a blind eye to in our community too. Mm-hmm. Like we don't realize the type of trauma that we pass down to each other knowingly and unknowingly. I, I, I just think that that's something that we don't talk about enough that's because true. we don't realize too, when these kids finally realize that when they're grown, the amount of hurt, hurt and betrayal they feel. But the betrayal is... Resentment, too. Yes. Yeah. I don't think we realize that. And, you know, in our community, too, it's just like, you'll get over it. Yeah. The sweep under the rug. Everybody has a cross. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) mean, and and it it gets heavy. Mm -hmm. And and, and it's just like, you know, you get over it. And it's just like, we grow up with that. And then that type of trauma, we we bring that down to our kids Mm -hmm. or... As a partner, when we begin to have a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, the type us. of hurt that we had from our mamas or our daddies, mm-hmm. we bring that into our relationships. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? And then how we were raised, we think that's the right way. Mm-hmm. So that's how we raise our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just talking to somebody, you know, when I was in the barbershop over the weekend, you know, I remember they said, you know, your mama always say, man, where you act up at, boy, that's where you get your ass beat up at. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you get spanked up at. And there's just like, you respect it. You right. But is that still the right way? You know what I'm saying? Because right now in this day and age, it's so many iPhones and camera phones mm-hmm. and video footage around to where you just get, you disciplining your child. And you get caught on camera and then the caption is, is the parent okay. right or wrong? Right. It's like, <laughs> but they put that, the bad image out, but they don't put the backstory out. And I think that's the main issue. They want to paint an image as we just beating our kids and we're monstrous and we don't love our kids. So we just beating, beating them. But that's not, I necessarily, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to say I'm against beating. Because I feel like it's certain things that you have to instill fear in a child. Because if you don't, it's like no control over it. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. You tell Johnny not to run across the street. You see Johnny running across the street. And I'm going to give you a street that's Bay Street. We in Yamacraw, Johnny about to run across the street. And a lot of people done died on Bay Street. No Bay Street is. So... You're going to tell Johnny, stop running, Johnny. Johnny, stop. Johnny, no. You can't do that. When you you got to smack Johnny, Johnny upside his when head. You finally <laughs> grab a hold of Johnny, boy. And I mean. Yeah, you going to go ham on him because for one, you, you, that's fear. You scared. Like, you scared what's going to happen to your child. For two, he need to learn, like, this is what is going to happen. Some people may say, well, you could sit Johnny down. And show him a video of somebody getting ran over. You can, but sometimes that experience is what really teach them. Because you got toddlers, so you know what I'm saying? Like, you turn your head and mama got something in their mouth. Like, stop. Put it down. Yeah, my, um, my nine-month-old, he, he started, he started to move. He'll be in the cabinets. He'll be, uh, with the, uh, what you call it, on the wall. Uh, the plugs. The plugs. 
gotta you gotta cover those mm-hmm. up and um you could turn your head in one minute, yep. look back, and he messing with it and you tell him and he can't he he hear you but he's not understanding. Mm-hmm. So uh right now it's it's all right, but you know, I'm starting to pluck him on the hand just a little bit, you know, let him know you can't be doing all that. Uh, so once he, I, I believe it's, it's, it's a good time now to start him out. Because mm-hmm. once he get like one or two, you know what I mean? It could already be plugged inside of him mm-hmm. to know right or wrong. All I could do is just look at him. He had to probably go the other way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that look. Because my grandma always gave me that look. Yeah, my mom always gave me that look. I never, I rarely got beatings. I did used to get beatings, but it wasn't like that. But my mom was more of a talker. And she always said that dumb, like, it's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. And I'm like, how? How? Like, how? But, it but I understand. Yeah, I understand. I understand it does. Because when I had to beat my niece for that first time, I wanted to cry. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry. When I spanked my daughter, I think, for the first time, the other day. How you felt? Man... I'm Bruh, this <laughs> yeah, it was just like, and, and 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 you know what? It's so crazy because, like, it wasn't even hard, mm-hmm. and I just like pat on the behind. It's just the heartbreak of it, like, Daddy. You would never, you, I never would have thought you did this to me. Because, because, because I ain't even gonna lie, bro. Because I mean, not 24 hours before that, I mean, I flat chopped her brother in the chest. <laughs> And I didn't feel I and it no remorse. It, 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 it and that hurt me because I patted her, but it, now the age difference is mm-hmm. a big thing too. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? He's 12. Oh she's four. Right. But you know, it's just like I just know how manipulative little baby girls mm-hmm. are. You know what I'm saying? And and you know how you can play the heartstrings of a daddy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, okay. At some point, I told you not to do that. You know what I'm saying? And stop being wasteful or stop doing whatever, whatever. Stop that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you know, if you want candy, you got to eat your food. You know what I'm saying? But you're going to play me crazy and think you just going to throw the food in the trash <laughs> and be like, I'm okay, done. I'm dying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, hold on. Huh? Nah. You know what I'm saying? I, I just bought you a burger. That's all. Like, that's all I asked you to do to eat a burger. I ain't bought you no food. Man, I ain't say eat the fries. I ain't say drink. Nah, just eat the burger. You know, take three, four bites out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Hey, boy, it's a food shortage out here, boy. Everything <laughs> expensive, boy. You tripping. Everything expensive. Everything expensive. Now, now you playing with money. <laughs> like, you know, and I was just, and I was just like, just get out of my face. <laughs> Put yourself in time out. Yeah. Man, I went and did some push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I went and did some push-ups because I was like, bro, I need it's, it's too much right now. Yeah, and, yeah I went and do some push-ups, bro. Like, but you know, like you said, instilling fear, it's not being scared of me mm-hmm. or being scared of the parent, is the fear of doing the action mm-hmm. because of what will happen. happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think. That's a big thing in this generation right now is they fear nothing. Mm-hmm. That's they, true. I talk to people about that shit. all the time. They don't. They, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because you know when we were coming up, we had the fear of God, we had the fear of our parents, 
and that was drilled into us. But these kids, they they are more confident, but at the same time, they are more. How can I put it? Are you confident in a bad way? You think? Oh, it's some no because even if you look at these kids growing up, like back then when we were growing up, everybody wanted like weave or long hair or the girls with the pretty hair, pretty edges, whatever like that. They wanted, Real hair though. Yeah, real hair. They wanted real long hair. Yeah, they wanted real long hair. And a lot of girls was very insecure about it. But you look at these these high schoolers now, they got afros. These boys, I love going to basketball games because I love just seeing the little boys with dreads and afros and stuff like that. And older people, they be like, well, you need to cut your hair or something like that. But I'd be, I'd be so happy yeah. just looking at them. I'd be like, look at y'all. Because they're, they're, they're embracing yeah, who they are. the culture. Mm-hmm. But that goes back to what I was saying, sometimes embracing the culture for the wrong reasons of just to say that I'm for the culture because mm-hmm. I was, you know, looking at some of the, uh, I was looking at the movie Master mm-hmm. um, with Regina, um, Regina Hall. Right? Um, you remember a long time ago, back in 2015, when the lady in the double, uh, the NAACP had lied and said she was black. She was black. Rachel something. Rachel something. I, nobody can't remember her I last remember. name. I remember. I don't know her last we name. We can never remember her last name, but we know it's Rachel, Rachel, right? Yeah. The same instance in that movie. Um, everybody wants to be a part of the culture because of what the culture brings. Diversity. Until they get, when that fire start boiling. Exactly. They don't want that. You know what I'm saying? What, what comes along with being for the culture, you know what I'm saying? A lot of them don't even know the meaning of the froze or, mm-hmm. you know, the dashikis or you just want to do it because you feel like, because they've made the image of all of this cool. And that's what I, that's the thing that I feel like is just so tainted. You know what I'm saying? They just want to, oh, I, because I, it's not the India RE anymore. I, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not my hair or mm-hmm. this, that, because back then the Afro, you know what I'm saying? It was when people looked at you, they looked at you in a funny way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you, you, when you see me with the Afro, you, you judge me in a certain way or you view me as a certain way. And that's why she said, I am not my hair. I am not, you know what I'm saying? Just because of this black skin or how I dress and how don't shave my legs or I have my fro, you should not look at me in a certain light and think that this is who I am. Mm -hmm. I am a person. And it's just like, I love the confidence that they bring, but bruh, it's just like they channel that in the wrong direction. It's like, if you gonna have this much confidence, this much care, you might as well start the civil war. And like, if we gonna, if we gonna fight like this, you ain't got no care like that. You're not your ancestors. Let's do it the right way. Mm-hmm. But if that's not how you coming, bruh, you gonna have to have some type of structure or some type of fear or mm-hmm. some type of, because I think now too, a lot of people come to the realization that life is short. Mm-hmm. That hence the reason why everybody going to this metaverse. I'm saying they're gonna tell you you can you can live forever. All you have to do is you know give up your physical being, and you can become virtually living forever. If that's the way you going by, like anything that bro, death is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Death is that death is it's a beginning and it's an end. Mm-hmm. Anything that you go against that, bro, that's it's satanic. If you cheat death, like if you cheat death. Bruh, 
that's satanic. Like that's all that matters. That's that's just the end of discussion. Like if you gonna, it, it's death was written. Like it was written. How can you go about be like, nah, I ain't gotta die. Nah, like, but they, but I think when it comes, that's the only thing that real life is what scares people. Mm-hmm. It's not the death part. It's the responsibility of real life mm-hmm. that scares them young folks. Like, especially when you start getting to 25 and shit ain't yep. shaking like you. That like, math ain't mathing. <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, like, boy, written out by like 13. I'm yep. talking about like 13. I think, no, no, it's like 18. 18. For how many beds? Shoot. For like two, two or three. Yeah, that's two or three. Two three bed. What's the studio right now? Studio That's like two two thousand two yeah. bands. Yeah. Back in, you know, mm-hmm. back in Studios is kind of exclusive. Yeah. So now you could get you a little room, one bedroom for probably like fifteen hundred, maybe. Yeah. Now if you on the south side, you could yeah. get it maybe yeah. like twelve hundred, maybe. No, it might be a little bit cheaper. It's cheaper. Than like nine, maybe eight. Maybe eight or nine. Eight or nine, like you, up in there. You behind a pool of You about to pay bands on bands. <laughs> Girl, it's, it's like I said for one. So. It's uh, not that bad in Portland, though. It's not. Uh, my two bedroom is like 13. Maybe 12, 13. The three is like 1750. I think. But we, you know, I'm about to move. So as I'm looking and I want to go to Pula. Man, bro, three bedroom. They want at least eighteen to two sets, and I'm like, bro, I could just go ahead and get me a house. That's the point, yeah. But even with the houses, oh my god! I just, I think that's what a lot of people don't get houses. They don't want to cut grass, and they don't want to pay nobody to cut grass. Oh no! Why well, don't pay somebody? Some people don't want to pay. Now listen, black owned businesses. But I well, would say, I mean, yeah, I support listen, when my homeboys you know, I went to school with, he yes, cuts my grass. So yes, that's how I, I do find it. homeboys that's yeah, that's okay. that that has yeah. landscaping, yeah. bro. I I support like anything that I need done. Yeah, that's me. Like anything that I need done, something fixed, something I yeah, find that like, there's how, black. How about yeah. you put me on somebody? You know, my schedule is crazy Monday through Monday through Sunday for UPS. Why'd you put me on somebody to watch my car? I know. I on your car? But detail, like, in, in and out? I need, mean, yeah. I know somebody. Um, Just give me their number after this, man. And I, I know a few people. Because I, I I know I'm off tomorrow, so they could do something tomorrow for me. They'll pull up on your yeah, job. Yeah, pull up on your job. Now. Your house. Like, it's a couple <laughs> people they'll pull up on you now. Yeah. Like, I, I have not tried... The detail, like, I just, like, going to uh, West Savannah, cause, like, um, I, I seen um, a guy when I was going through, you know what I'm saying? I grew up with, bro, and um, he detailing cars. I got his number. I just ain't never pulled, you know what I'm saying? I ain't never gotten to pull up on me yet. Um, I just go through the the um, manual wash, though, still, though, because at the end of the day, too, sometimes I just still be moving. So much like, and that that's kind of like my egg. Now that washing my yeah. car, every time my car, I think it's I can therapeutic. do that. I think I can do that one myself. As much as I do want to support that, like you be when I think about calling, I'll be like, 
ain't did nothing all day. Get out the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I play my music while I'm washing the car. And, you know, and I mean, while I'm vacuuming it out, it's just kind of therapy. Like she said, it's therapy for me. Like, it's just to get my mind together, you know, sun be out. Mm-hmm. I just vacuum it out. But I used to wash the, my own car. Not that grass, though. You talking about with the hose? Mm-hmm. I ain't did that in a while. Well, my first car, because I cherished that damn car. I used to love that damn car. <laughs> no, I ain't did that. Like, my second car, yeah. I washed it a few times, but not, you know, consistently. I ain't did that in a while, though. But I like I like washing my my car. I don't know about nobody else's car. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I like washing my car. So it's therapeutic to me. My stepdaddy, um, man, let me tell you, he would wash my mama car, his car, all the time. That's how my stepdad was. But let me tell you, he washed that shit with just a rag in a bucket. Yep, that's how he used that's to do it. A rag in the bucket. But that thing used to be nice. That Bruh, it used to be shining, the I wheels, you, everything. Pops used to wash that bitch up. Man, I never forget when he first started dating my mama. He tried to make sure my mama car was spotless. Man, he was trying to cut my mama so hard and so good. My name, you know, West Savannah. Mm-hmm. Bruh, street lights. It was dark. My washing my mama car under the street light. Well, my granddaddy looked at it and said, boy, that boy in love. <laughs> <laughs> boy in love. Boy. I'm going to wash the car with a bucket and a, and a rag under the street light. That was a, that was a different kind of water back then. <laughs> <laughs> well Man. water. And I'm talking about he got that tire shine. Mm-hmm. And and, had, and to this day, he still, he don't play about them cars. Like, he, he, he like in his 60s? 50? 50. Um, yeah, in his 50s, mid-50s. Mm-hmm. Like, he don't play by like military though. Yeah, that's what it is. My stepdad was military too. Military. He had a big, uh, a big shelf of DVDs. That's stepdaddy too. Lined Games, up. DVDs, lined up. All that. And stuff. when I tell you, he would know. If somebody took something. When somebody was took something, but not even took it, he would know if you slid it out and it's out of order. I'm like that with my room or my car. Like if somebody go in my room, like when I was even when I was younger, I'd be like, Mom, you been in my room? She'd be like, This is my house. Like, <laughs> but she she be like, I know that mean, yeah. But she was like, How you how you know I've been outside? I just know like I could walk literally just walk in my door, not even walk in, just stand there. I know somebody been in there, or I know I just know. I but me, I, I'm a creature of habit. So like I keep my stuff in the same place. I do that time. too, but Sometimes not. Oh, no. I got to. I got to. Like, I have to. For me to remember, I got to. Like, I pick my stuff up the same way every <coughs> single time. Like, it's about Lee, comics, AirPods, phones, all together. Like, niggas talking about they can't leave the house without your scrap. I can't leave without my comments. Can't leave without my... I, I, if I pat my pocket, no comments, no AirPods. Like, something's wrong because I know it, it must have slipped out my pocket because mm-hmm. I know... They're in the same spot for me to just one scoop and go. I charger. That's that OCD. I got a bag. Like charger, disconnect, scoop, go. I got a bag. Like everything's lined up. Go. I and I don't know why, but it's just like that. Like and that's just something that the mind just it, it, we trick ourselves. I don't know how and why, but it's like that. But you're right. Is and I get and I think I get that from him. 
Mm-hmm. Because like decency and order, everything gotta be together. I, and and, and it, it, it's time consuming just having to dig and find stuff where everything hey, you lose time like that. If you wake up late. Yeah, you wake up late. I like to late wake up late all the time. <laughs> that's why that's one reason why I put things in a certain place. Hit that snooze button yeah, about thirty like, times. I got five alarms, yeah. Why if they <laughs> people do not like when if they in the room with me, like Right, because I'm going to hit that snooze button. And I use the, the abrasive alarm for the iPhone that... Uh-uh. Yeah, I would be pissed off if I hit it. <laughs> and I, a, I hit the snooze button. Come on, probably about 15, 20 minutes later. Eight. <laughs> I know you lied. <laughs> oh, God. Eight minutes. Eight. And, I, I, and I meant to change it to 10. But I feel like 10 is too long and I know I got to be gone by a certain yeah. time. Like, I, and I don't want to close my eyes for five minutes. Like, like, yeah, that's, that's a blow. That's yeah. a blow. <laughs> 10 is too long. What? Let's try eight. Eight. Wow. Let's try eight. So, and then. Yeah, you got to probably get that OCD real bad. And then I feel, and then, and then like every day, like every morning, I hit it like four times. I can't talk about the alarm situation. At that snooze and I mean I know and I know like where it's at so when I roll over and I tuck real tight right back in for eight minutes well when we started doing our uh, our little workouts in the morning I uh I got an alarm that come on at 540 <laughs> and you know my start time is 1030 so uh 540, you know how I hit it. So I could go ahead and head to the gym, get my workout on, and then I either hit the snooze or I just turn it on. And I just got to take a deep breath before I even stop. But I try to get my mind right. So therefore, I could just go ahead and get out. Like, just like with the push-up stuff. Man, I could go ahead and <clears throat> get 40 out of the way, big chunk of 40, and then I just breeze past 10, 20, 30, however, however it is, but if if your, if your body need rest too, though. Mm-hmm. If your body ain't getting rest, it's going to shut out soon. Yep, I went through that. I did too for a long time. And that's why I, t- and that's why I tell you so much about that. Like, that's why I only do it like, so So the first alarm, like, if I'm good, like, if that alarm scared the shit out of me, like, and, and I know it's abrasive because when I used to wake up at 3.30, like when my alarm used to go off at 2.30, because I had to be to work at like 3.30, bro, I used to wake up every morning and curse. Every morning that shit go off. I'd be going, fuck! And I just wake up. Like, that's how I know it scared the shit out of me every morning, right? So... <laughs> I ain't gonna tell y'all what my alarm was. Y'all be blown. What? It's, you, it's, your, it's a customized one? This is back in the day, like when I was in high school. I used to have um, a James Brown um, <laughs> you get like, up one? You know, he's like, ah, Oh my God. I feel good. <laughs> and that shit was just scare you every morning. But it used to scare me. I got used to it. So I just start dancing and I just get up. So that's how you get up. <laughs> yeah, that's how I get up. So it used to, it used to be that, like, ah, like he get on the phone like that. Mm. I mean, microphone. But the first one, right? Like if I'm, if, if I'm feeling real good, like, and not saying real good to wake up, but if I'm like, all right, wake up, I wake up. 
And then I know I have four other snooze alarms. So my mind is already, even Alert. if I'm not snoozing, mm-hmm. I know how many snooze buttons I got. So I know how much time I got. So if, why do we do all this? Just I, get up. I don't Just know. Get up. I don't know. So four snooze buttons, that's eight minutes. That's 25 minutes. That's 24 minutes. So it's just like, all right. So if I get up the first time, I still got the, the 24 minutes. I have to do something mm-hmm. in the midst to get my mind together because the other, if I wasn't up doing something, the 24 minutes, I'll be asleep. So now the 24 minutes I'm using now, I'm just laying there trying to get my mind together, either strolling on my phone or going in the bathroom, sitting on the toilet. Sometimes I just pray because I know I be, no I be busy. Sometimes I pray in the shower or if I'm just laying there, I'm going to just pray. Like, I just pray because I, I be having to pray because. Do you, you go to bed on time? Um, oh, yeah. I go to bed early. Yeah. Put a bit. I get my rest now, but I had to. I had to learn that because, like, I come from like I was working since I was like thirteen, so I didn't necessarily have to work, but I just did it because I didn't like asking for nothing. So, um, but like as I grew, like in my early twenties, I used to have like three jobs, like leave one job, go to another one, leave one job, go to the next. So. I don't know why I was working that. I know why. Like my first time doing that, I was working to get a car. Got my car. I stopped working three jobs. I started working two still. But I just always been a workaholic. Like I always just. So you better independent. Yeah. Well, so to speak. About certain things. But I'm not going to ask. But if you're there, make yourself useful. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's how I feel. Jeez. I mean, like, if you're going to be there, why are you here? If you're not, right, yeah. I do nothing. Sit here and watch me do shit? Like, no. I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I I feel like, yeah, it's a team thing. Like, but, I mean, I don't believe the two jobs thing. Like, the two jobs thing, like, as much as I be like, damn, I need a second job. But I remember a long yeah, time it's ago, a time I started thing. thinking I stopped about doing it. That. And I was just like, you just get one job that just paid the amount of money that right. you're just looking at. Like, yeah. go find you some shit that, what what can you do? Like, if you can't find a job, okay, one job paid $10, but $14, the other one paid But $13. see, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad, I'm sorry not to cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> but I'm glad you said that. See, you're a guy. You could do that. Do what? You could find, see, you could go from Burger King to FedEx to the ports. Like you could go, you could go from transition to transition. Mm-hmm. Women, especially in Savannah, mm-hmm. you if you get a fast food job, you either stuck in the fast food lane or you have to get you have to get a degree to move to level up to get an opportunity to make more money. Like, granted, unless you take the male route, mm-hmm. if you take the male route, like say I work at Burger King and then I worked at a warehouse. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, you work at a warehouse. They gonna if you're not cute, they not gonna fuck with you like that. Like you're not gonna move up. Mm-hmm. You're not. They not gonna look out for you like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you work at a warehouse. The next step, you can't go from, I'm not going to say you can't, it's hard for you to go from point A to point B. And like, if you went from, let's say Burger King to a hospital job, you have to have an associate degree 
you have to at least have an associate degree or a certificate. And even with the certificate, you only be making like $12 an hour. Or We don't get in the gate making a lot of money. Like y'all can get in the gate. Y'all don't get an opportunity like us. Yeah, we don't have equal opportunity when it comes to the, the uh, pay rate. Pay rate. Well, th- let's go back to what you just said then, right? When he said you in when he said you're independent and you looked at him and said, Well, I mean, if you're here, then what you're here for. Oh but no, we but have see- to. We it's, it has to be like that because of that type of response, because that woman's gonna expect us to bring in some money. So it has to be designed like that for the men, right? But then on the other hand, for a woman, you gotta look at this. Y'all have all the the time part of the jobs to where y'all can work nine to five. We don't have those opportunities. Men, you're not finding men working nine to fives. You, We don't have that. We have to get 12 hour gigs, 14 hour gigs, 16 hour gigs. We have to work from sun up to sun down just to make that $15 an hour. Women get to be able to take their kids to school and be able to pick those kids up from school, from either after school or, you know what I'm saying, get off at five o'clock to pick them up from the after school program. Men can't never do that because for us to make the amount of money that we got to, that's what we're, we're, we're based with. But then when you have somebody like you that's single with no kids, like, the time and the opportunity of the the process of moving and to grow into it is like I know you want the success and I know you want to to the growth, but it's like, do you have the patience to get there? Because right now, what do you have to rush? You know what I'm saying? Like most people right now, I understand where you're coming from. Some of those mothers had kids early. Yeah, you know that was the saying? next thing I was going to say. That's the suffering. Part, yeah, that's you know the next saying? thing I was going to say. The younger women, but you know, with somebody like you, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I, I appreciated, you know, my years of not having, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely kids nothing. or absolutely no responsibility. Like, and I think I didn't, I took it for granted. You know what I'm saying? I did. I maximized it, but I also did not. I don't feel like I felt like I didn't do the the things that it could have took me to the next level to be where I'm at right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I had a lot of free time on my hand. I had a lot of idle time. You know what I'm saying? I had good jobs at 25, 24 years old, but I was blowing a lot of fucking money because mm-hmm. didn't have no responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to worry about it. I was bachelor pad, staying by myself. Is like having roommates. We like splitting bills. Like, hey man, bro, rent. You know, I was staying in Statesboro. Rent four fifty. <laughs> two people. That's two twenty five. Yeah, that's good money. You know, lights no more than hundred and fifty dollars. That's what. That's seventy five dollars. Water is never over fifty dollars. Twenty five dollars. You have the choice to have. You know, um, cable. Back then, internet wasn't really Wi-Fi, which is great, mm-hmm. but we're still using laptops. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, we weren't really streaming and really, the we were strolling social media, but we had laptops. Mm-hmm. Like the phones, like in 2012, 2013, 2014, like, yeah, you was on Facebook and stuff on your phone, but you wasn't spending as much time mm-hmm. as you was, as you are now. So you was able to keep data, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't really that big of a thing. So just knowing that if I'm working at a car lot at 22 years old, you're making 
70000 $65,000 a year, $50,000 a year, and you ain't got no responsibilities. Like, mm-hmm. all you could do is on a college campus, everybody else going to school, you ain't got to go to school, and you get to go party. Like, just spending money for those two. I cannot tell you what the fuck I spent all our money on. <laughs> but we, but which, and that wasn't that. Like, so I don't even know what I was spending my money on. I just know, like, that was a we time. had it and it was gone. And it was gone. I feel the same way about my early 20s, but like, as I moved up, it, it got real serious. Like, 25, I got real serious. I was <sighs> like, all right, that's enough. Because I I, 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 I pride myself on, like, setting, like, moments in my life where it's just like, all right, that's enough. Let's go to the next thing. So I don't really dwell in even like when I was depressed, I was like, okay, all right, I'm about to move past this. What I, what do I need to do to get out of this? I always thought like that. Thank God for my mind. But um, when it comes to jobs, like with women, like you said, when you have kids and you have responsibilities, that's what really, I'm not going to say your downfall, but that kind of holds you back from a lot of things like the hours and the timing. When I was working three jobs, I was thinking like, okay, well, I get a check this week. I get a check next week. I get a check after that. And I'm put all that together and I'm just stack it and fold it. And then car breakdown. Mm. And then the car insurance do, the mm. car note do. And then you got bills, then you got phone bill, you got light bill, you got <sighs> like you got things coming up. Thing I need my hair done. Like, <sighs> like, like you just yeah, you just getting shot. So God forbid you get in a car accident, you ain't got no insurance. Now you got to figure out how you gonna get to work, how you and family, they real family friends, you can't really depend on them like that. And and you broke, so you got yeah. liability. Yeah, so yeah, liability insurance. Can I can I Go back just a little bit, because uh, I was one of the person that suffered with depression. Mm-hmm. How, how did you overcome it? Before you answered that, right? I'm glad you went there because I was about to go there too, right? When how did you overcome it? But I'm gonna lump this question with the two. Do y'all do y'all believe how it is now so visual? Do y'all believe we actually really understood we were depressed back then? How these kids know now? Mm-hmm. Do you really believe back then we knew See, we was depressed, or did we just be like how our parents should be like, "Mama, I'm depressed." Yeah, but that's how it went though. Yeah. But okay, so with my depression, um, like I said earlier, my friend passed away, and when he passed away, it opened up like. It, it made me realize how much I suppressed a lot of things from my childhood, like seeing all my friends getting killed, seeing all my friends go to prison, go to jail or whatever. And like even police brutality, seeing some of those things, seeing growing up in middle school where I saw 11 year old girls pregnant. And yeah, and it's not because they was just fast. It was they stepdaddies mm-hmm. raping them and all kind of stuff. Like I grew up when the Ashley Moore, I don't know if y'all remember her, but yeah, I grew up when that stuff, that type of stuff took place. So I went to Durham Middle School and it was like, I tell people, if you went to Durham Middle School, you could make it anywhere in the the world because that was the jungle and it was nothing that I didn't see that didn't prepare me for life. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, and ugly. Um, And I don't regret it because it made me who I am. But when I look at it, as I'm in seventh, eighth grade, sixth grade, I didn't think I was depressed. 
I was just going through the motions, just going through life, but I really suppressed a lot of things. So I kept it to myself. I was very quiet. I didn't tell my mom what was going on. Cause like when I realized, when I finally realized I was depressed, I was like, mama, why you let me go to this school like this? Which I just realized like, I wasn't telling her like, oh, this this girl in my class, she pregnant. Or uh, this girl, she, she ain't got no food. Or it's a 17 year old boy in my class with a mustache. I didn't tell her that like he tried to talk to me all the time and stuff like that, but I, I never told her that. So I just went through all that by myself. And what made me realize that I was depressed. I kid you not. I was in my dorm room and I was watching um, Desperate Housewives. And on the first episode of Desperate Housewives, um, the wife, I forgot her name, but she kills herself. And when she killed herself, um, the gun went off and when the gun went off I like bust out crying and I was like what the fuck wrong with me like, reality, or- and then I realized bust out crying like I was like <laughs> no, I'm talking about, was this, um, this a TV show? yeah it's a TV show called Desperate Housewives and she shot herself she shot not real housewives no not real housewives it's, uh, it's uh, a white show called Desperate oh, Housewives not, not real yeah uh, no no, they ain't did that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, Desperate Housewives and I was watching it and she shot herself and killed herself and I heard the gun go off and that is what made me cry. And I was like, dang, I must be depressed. And that's that's how it clicked in my mind. And then when I went home for a break and I was like, mom, I think I need to go to therapy or, or whatever like that. She was like, girl, ain't nothing wrong with you. She just swept it under the rug. And then I was like, no, I need to go to therapy, something wrong. And but I, I was having these thoughts in my mind, but I ain't never really tell nobody because you know, like in the black community, it's like frowned upon. Because you don't have <laughs> because if you go, they they get everything out you through dialogue and conversation. Mm-hmm. So now that the parents view that as you got somebody in our business, right? You know what I'm saying? And now you're about to uncover and open up some closets and some skeletons out of them closets that y'all tried to hide. Mm-hmm. And you were having us suppress them, but you were, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's that was always the adult mindset when we were kids mm-hmm. is that because kids are so naive, we don't have filters. We don't know when to stop talking. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to hide and what not to express because that's why with kids, when investigators or anything like that, they make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. They make you feel like you can trust them. you can trust them, and then they don't come so straightforward with mm-hmm. the questions. They they it's beat around the bush mm-hmm. and they just warm you up, and then it just comes around the corner. They don't come directly to you because anything coming straight at you, you're bracing yourself for it. But if you go around it, you know what I'm saying. The conversation just opens up to it. And that's what the fear is. If you just start talking, you ever notice like you ever had a niece or a cousin that you're driving, you pick them up from school or you take them somewhere and all of a sudden you ask them how their day was. And they're just like, it's okay. You know, my friend, you know, was at school and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, my mama told me blah, blah, blah. And all for, you know, you not know all their business. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because all you did was open up a, they just was ready to find somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you know all their fucking business. But see, I was the opposite. I I was the one who was like, I'm not telling nobody. I'm not 
opening up. I'm not doing this at third. But I felt like I was strong enough to handle it on my own, which in reality, like I really was strong enough to handle it on my own. Like I was able to go through my thought process and pinpoint what, when and where everything went wrong in my life or started to turn in my life. And I was able to pinpoint that and figure out uh, why it happened and this, that, and the third. But the beautiful thing about what I tell people about depression, I feel like depression is necessary. And a lot of people look at me like, what crazy as hell? Like, how is that necessary? And I feel like without depression, you don't know that you're human. Because even in today's society, it's like you are supposed to be nonchalant. You're not supposed to feel. You're not supposed to like. How many times your heart been broke and you played future? And you feel like that nigga. That's 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 how we are subconsciously supposed to be, right? That's how you feel. So why y'all need the future? Because that's what y'all like. That's that's y'all. That's y'all. You I, know, I that's we got that. we had not. Kaya and Trina, like, yeah. don't trust no niggas, da da da. Y'all got future. That's y'all. I don't believe in Pastor Hendrix. Well, I don't believe in Reverend Hendrix. Some like, people do. I don't he believe probably Reverend, do. No, I don't believe in Reverend Hendrix because I believe future. Uh, yeah, I don't believe in Reverend Hendrix. Like, don't Prophet Hendrix. Like, the, because this is the reason why. Because first of all, I don't think people realize how old he is. Future thirty eight. He thirty eight. Okay, so close enough. So I right, so check it. So two thousand. She never thirty six. So future thirty eight. Right. All right. So let's see. Future first drop real hard in two thousand twelve. Twelve eleven. So that's what ten years ago. What's this? Ten years ago. So. 22. Russell Wilson, 33. 33. Yeah. So I I don't believe, I just believe at this point in juncture in his life, like you shouldn't still be on the same thing. You should still shouldn't be playing on the heartbreak that you claim you had mm-hmm. long time right. ago. And I just felt like at some point we should be looking at his actions and saying, um, but that see, don't add up. No, this is the thing. He, that's how he get paid. Exactly. And that's and why I don't. I'll give you an example. Like, T.I. try to change, Jeezy uh, try to change and try to be more like, not more like Jay Z, but like change the dynamic of what he's talking about. Nobody was feeling that. We want Trapper Die, Jeezy. We don't want Progress, Jeezy. Well, why? Why do we want that? Because I don't know why. I'm not saying we, but I'm culture, saying we. As yeah, as a culture in the community, I think it's I think it's more a comfort thing. Like we feel comfortable with somebody being toxic or gangster or hood because that's are we afraid of growth and development? Are, are we afraid of that? The responsibility of being an adult, accountability that comes with it. I think we are, and I think I and I, that has to change. Don't you? That yeah. gotta change. But it's nobody showing us like change. Because and that's a problem because we keep expecting we we because that's what entertainment and and Hollywood is for mm-hmm. because they rea- they realize we idolize the mass and glam. Yeah, exactly. 
So we're looking of whatever is cool that we idolize, but we're looking for someone to change the narrative and give us something, make growth look cool. It's never going to happen because growth hurts. Mm -hmm. Growth is painful. Suffering. It's suffering. You got to. Oh, I wrote something down like the other day. I think it was Saturday. No, it was Friday night. And I was praying and I was thinking about the word suffering. And with suffering, a lot of people don't know how to suffer. Like some people suffer physically. Some people suffer emotionally and mentally. So with suffering, I think the scariest part, even with depression, is the mental part. Because if you have idle time that you're stuck in a position, like say your room and you're in the dark and you have time and it's quiet, like just this room. It's quiet. If you were here by yourself, you're going to grab that phone because you're going to you don't want to think you don't want to be in your thoughts. You don't you don't want to be like you're going to call somebody. Hey, what you doing? Like just to get yeah, just to get your mind off of what you really need to focus on and to think about. And a lot of people are scared of silence. Like they're yeah, they're very scared of silence. But silence holds the most truth. And when you take time to be in silence and focus on yourself and focus on your environment, what you're doing wrong, what you eating wrong, because that affects you as well. Like if you eating crazy and you're depressed, that is going to make, make it worse. If you're drinking all the time, that's going to make it worse. So all these things that defile your body is also going to defile your mind and how you feel and how you be able to grow and transition. That was just, that was a big part of, how I became who I am today, having to sit in silence. Mm -hmm. I had to strip TV. I don't have a TV. I don't have a TV in my room either. Uh, you know, well, I if, have a TV, but it's never on. If, and I only got a TV now, so I can double screen the laptop. Mm -hmm. I didn't have for, so when I got down here, um, it was September 2019, right? So I, it was nothing in here. Um, when I came back from, you know, working over the road, um, it was, everything was stripped from out of the house because I, the carpet was redundant, right? So there was no cable, no nothing. So I didn't expect to be here that long. So I was just like, cool, I'm gonna come maybe a year, get up, get in, get out, gone. The pandemic happened a couple months later. Mm -hmm. COVID happened March. 2020, mm -hmm. five months later, I'm stuck. Still ain't got no cable. Still ain't got no internet. You don't need it. I'm laying in the bed every day from <clears throat> March. I'm laying down, just I'm like, I go on social media for a while. And I'm like, oh, this is so disgusting, bro. Like, throw the phone down, lay down, take a nap, wake up, do the same thing. Ain't nothing changed. The same it's the same so <laughs> just sitting in silence for so long, and it, 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 I started my idle mind started doing bullshit after a while, right? And I started getting, you know, the bullshit started consuming me, and I started, you know, losing myself. And um, a year later, you know, my homeboy died. You know, and that probably was the turning point of my life. And that was the start of this mm -hmm. because I needed something to get myself back to me. 
and and not even back to me because I wasn't who I needed to be from the jump anyway. But I had to find myself. And this, the creation of this has been the best thing that I can ever, I can ever imagine myself ever doing. Because now I can never have an idle mind. Mm -hmm. I always have something to do. I always have something to talk about. This is a diary. So like you said, you was writing something down. Anytime I have something on my mind, I can turn this microphone on. Anything that I see on social media that I may want to talk about, I can put it on this. I can make an episode. So like I found something that can definitely for depression. I can speak about depression. I can speak towards it. I can I can give people hope. I can give people a way out. I can give people a chance to come on here, talk about their experiences, to talk about what bothers them, to talk just to get it out. Because sometimes people want to vent. Just dialogue like this, like this is something that can be your therapy. You never know. This is something that you've been wanting to do for a while. You know, you come on and want to talk about your business, but then all of a sudden now you're just having a regular conversation. Mm -hmm. It's like, damn, this is cool. <laughs> I, you never thought about, you know, you came in, you know, people come in thinking that it's an interview and they're like, ah. Oh. I come in, you already know. I text you that you know I'm on the way. I only, sometimes I don't even ask you because <clears throat> when I'm away from home, you know, being, you, you're a truck driver just like me. We're in that truck, we got all day to think. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Our mind is even on life, uh, uh, bills, uh, Stuff that we got to do at the house, just in general, uh, kids, like stuff like that. And when I come over here, that's my, I don't care what nobody, that's my, my that's my little uh, sofa over there, <laughs> my bed. I, I lay down and I just, and me and him could just start talking. And I feel like when he came back uh, into my life as a, you know, he always been my big brother, but we reconnect. And ever since then, we talk to each other. I mean, every day. I talk to him more than I talk to my blood brothers. Love him to death. But Jay always been a big brother to me since we met at Mercy. And ever since then, it's always been like good vibes. Mm -hmm. Like people, I always say this, like you just, you need people around you to push you and to steer you in the right direction, not where you want to go, but where you need to go. You know, it's 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 very important and very important to who you are calling your friends, your family, your bro, your sis, and all that. Man, if I can't call you to when you need something, you feel me? Yeah, I, I went through that. <laughs> I said, man, you gotta go. <laughs> If you, I can't depend on you for nothing. Like, why, why are you here? It can't. It comes down to that. Real life situations bring out real people. Mm -hmm. So, if I could only call you when it's time for me to go out to the club and go get a drink, I don't. That's yeah. not. I'm not benefiting from that. That's not doing my body any good. That's mm -hmm. not doing my mental any good. Right. So I don't really need that friendship. People, people are drained. Man. Yeah, they will. So they get that last squeeze out, and once you, and the crazy thing about it. You can stop talking to them for a week and you done develop mm -hmm. all your juice back. Yeah. And they'll call you. But guess what? You you answer that phone, yeah. you let them back in. It's that's that's it's you. It's you. It's you. It's nobody it's else but you. You can't blame you. nobody but you. I, I, I tell people that, that all the time. I tell you that, like, 
anything that you got a problem with, but it's always you. At the end of the day. Because you can control mm-hmm. all the situations that you can put yourself in and you can take yourself out. But, you know, even with that, like, even, you know, they talk about that, like, they can't, like he said, you talk about, you know, not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they get pissed off with me all the time. Oh, yeah, people don't, people like, you just don't know what to say at your mouth. No, I know what to say at my mouth. You just don't know what to hear. Yeah. You don't want to hear people, it. People were like, they want they you to, di- yeah. Instead of direct. Yeah, but I'd be like, you need to put some chapstick on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yo, I, I would say that. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's what a friend's supposed to do, right? Like, you would want me to say that. You don't want me to come up. Hey, bro, look at her mouth, bro. Yeah, look. I take people, though. Like, if you got a book in your nose. I say that, too. You feel me? Some people be like, I say that too. Like my friends, my friends' moms, they love me to death because they be like, "You, you a real friend." I could go in their house today or tomorrow. My friends, most majority of my friends live in Atlanta, so I could I could pull up to their house. They open the door. They oh come in. Like I don't have to knock. Like my friend don't have to be there while I'm there. I'll be there eating. She'll cook for me all the time. My friends' moms they cook for me all the time. So. It's it's about who you are. They know you are a genuine person and they know you're not going to harm my child and her kids, right. their kids. They know. They know who... Mama know. I know a lot of, like, that's just that, like, when my friend, like, when we just having a conversation, though, like, if it's just me and you, like, and I see a boogie in your nose, it just... At first, at first I'm just stunned. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> So now I'm standing like, and I don't, and I don't stand. And I just be like, so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like but, then I, but I can still hear, and I'm like, I'm not trying to stare. But then I'm like, but if I know, like, we somebody kind of like, hey man, you got billion though. But if it's just me and you, like, for the longest, I'm just sitting there like, you don't feel that shit. No, some people like if my friend on live, I'd be like, you got booking your nose. I take that. I take that just to say that. <laughs> Niggas be like, boy, you gonna let a nigga go out. I'll be like, no, I'm not gonna let you go out like that, looking like that. But if it's just me, I'll just be like, it just it just shocks me. Cause I'll be like, no, you gonna check me. Yeah. yeah I know you, yeah. You, I'm, yeah. A check, I'm a checker too, so. I'm gonna check you. I'll be like, boy, hey, man, I, I got you know. Like, be like, what? What you looking at? I'll be like, I just can't believe you saying, yeah, you got a nerd to have a conversation with me and that fucking book in your nose like that. <laughs> you don't feel that shit, cuz? Like, you can feel your nose. Like, because yeah. I, I know, like, it could be some times where I just, my nose start itching. I'd be like, you subconsciously so think you got a book. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that's something right there. Like, <laughs> but so I know you feel it. I, I know you feel it. But it's like, yeah, motherfuckers can't stand it. They, they call me an asshole all the time. Like, you Same asshole. here. Same here. But I mean, we're the assholes are the ones that's the best though. Is like it, I think we're the best type that because it's up front. Like we don't, you know, we do understand tone and delivery, but we do know the best way to get it straight for us. Like I, I try to think about it too. Like, how much time do you want to waste before you want to hear the truth? Right. Like, do you want to spend an hour of us just talking before I tell you exactly what you needed to hear? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather go ahead and kick this at five minutes and we go back to doing something else? I did have a friend. She's older than me. Majority of my friends are older than me. But I would have to, like, make her mad to get her to listen, if that makes sense. So I probably have to say something really, really bad. We'll argue for, like, 10, 
10 minutes maybe. And then she's like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I hate doing that, but now we got to a point where I could just skip all that part. But when we first became friends, it was just People like, think that I'm a button pusher. Which I can't. I am a button pusher. I'm not going to lie about it because I feel like it's certain people you have to push buttons in order to get them to see themselves. Some people I do. I, I, I don't, th- I don't, I, I, some people that I do know, there's something that is certain things you can do, certain things that you say mm-hmm. that'll get them to get like with him. Like, you know, I always knew like to just make him feel like, like, man, cause you can't do that shit. Cause you, that shit weak. You know what I'm saying? Or I have to rattle his cage to like want him to try to go back at me. Like, he'd be mm-hmm. like, man, cause why you, why? <laughs> like, well, cause like I want to. Like, so, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, bruh, just chill. Like, I mean, chill what? Like, I mean, am I lying? And like, so then we go to Tussin's or whatever, whatever it is that I need out to there. bring it out. To yeah. bring it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, so now we have this push up thing. Like, you know, we do, we're now up to like 400 push ups a day. Five, well, we have 400 push ups a day. Yeah, I felt. Go for 500. Five hundred. Yeah, whatever, bro. Great. We started out at hundred. We started out at fifty. Started out fifty at the beginning of the month last month. We started out at hundred. You know, we got to hundred. You know, fifty in the morning, fifty at night. Before we went to two hundred, then we went to three hundred, and last week we was at four hundred. Friday we was at what? And if <laughs> Friday he did a thousand, thousand, and I did eight hundred. Like, I I but, couldn't do the thousand. But people, but people think it's all together. I mean, ain't no way you could do a thousand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we'll break it up like <clears throat> two. So that morning, that Friday morning. Oh, I yeah, throughout the day. Yeah, throughout the day. Yeah, that's see what, that's see smart. See what me, uh, that Friday morning I did too. Jay was on. So he had all day to go ahead and finish up his show. So Jay went to 600. And I said, man, you know what? Because I'm I'm looking at the chat. And I said, man, I'm just ready to get off. So I can go ahead and knock the pushers out. So we tried to, Jay put in my head to rest on weekends. Because I like to work out several weekends. Mm-hmm. But um, he said he went up to 600. I said, well, you know what? I just got off like sixes. Got home, eight. Looking at the chat, and man, Jay said he just went to six. I said, bro, go to seven. And man, went to seven. So I said, okay, I'm about to try to get him down. Literally, probably within what an hour or two. Oh yeah. I don't call. I he was like a a hundred. I was a hundred away from him. So me, I'm doing 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40. Probably about every uh three to five minutes. And it's and it's encouraging me to Continue to do them. Like, I really could have did over a thousand. But I said, man, I ain't about to do that. You reached your limit. I reached my your, limit. Your limit of satisfaction. Right. Yeah. So, because I quit. <laughs> I quit. Like, I feel you. And I, and I, I, said, I, I couldn't even go that like, far. I, I was like, nigga, it's, bruh, I wanted that thousand because it was so close. But I had already been drinking. Like, oh, I had, yeah. I had went to happy up. hour and he got 700 out of me. He got, before I started drinking, I was at 200. So, bro, that means you got 500 out of me after three cups of, uh, of margarita glasses, bro. It's big. You got 500 push-ups out of me, bro. I was like, oh, hell no. 
Like I'm up to eight, and then when he was like, I'm about to go to a thousand, and I was like, this shit, and I was at seven hundred. I was like, hold on, wait. I gave a nigga a hundred more. Like I was at eight hundred, and I was like, bro, it was like ten. It was like nine thirty to o'clock. I was like, this shit hurt, boy. <laughs> Well, it's Friday, but I'm trying to rest, man. Fuck that, but I catch me Monday morning again, boy. Fuck it, boy. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's just us pushing each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You I actually it. like that. I like the value that men have, like within their friendships, where they could thrive off of each other and a brotherhood. Women, we don't. I I ain't gonna say we don't have those, but it's very rare yeah. that you could have a female friend. And have a positive competitiveness, if that makes sense. Because no, women, they just be like, well, this bitch thinks she better than me. <laughs> but she going to focus on that. She thinks she better than me part more than getting to the goal. Yeah. I don't like that part. That's why I mostly have more, more male friends than female friends. Because... Like most of my female friends, they just think I think I'm better than them or something like that. But I don't. It's not really drama. It's just like chaos. Not really chaos. It's just more so. That's chaotic. Like she don't. Yeah, she thinks she better than us, but I don't really. I be trying to challenge them. Like, come up here with me. Like, come on, sis. Yeah, but it's not like it's not clicking. Like she. No, not one friend. One of my friends. Like her dad teases her all the time. He's like, you always talking about Faith, but you you always calling her. Like, why you always calling? Why you keep calling her the next day? But she like, well, um. Mind your business. Like she'll say something like that. But he always be she's like, y'all always take her side. Like her and her brother. I like, mean, yeah. because I think logic definitely But she knows she know what's up. She knows. I think logic is definitely the thing that people it's not even about taking up for. I think if it's like if it makes logical sense. Yeah. That's just the truth. The truth hurts. Yeah, it does. The truth fucking hurts. Yeah, it I gets have- to the point where she be like, I'm a you know what? I, I'm just gonna talk to you later. I'm gonna call you back. She come back the next day. Yeah. Or she'll that. or she'll text me. She be like, "Well, yeah, I guess you look cute on Facebook or Instagram, or whatever like that." It go like it that was that sometimes show. I had you know he we get out the phone. They say he ain't gonna talk to me until like the next day, a couple days later. But that's fine. Like he get pissed off. Like be like, nah, I ain't talking to that nigga for the rest of the day. <laughs> I be like, now, nah. all right. <laughs> See you when you get back. I mean, I yeah, you'll I, be back. You love me, all right? You love me. You just mad. It's alright. You love me though. You know what I'm saying? So that's the only thing that matter. You mad, mm-hmm. but we still you still love me. You are gonna get over it, and we are gonna be back tomorrow. And then we talk it out, and yeah. we talk about what happened. I think that's another thing with men too that I don't think women have because men, even when we're mad, we don't hit. I don't think we have anything with each other that we we don't have it in us to hit below the belt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Unless we saying like one of us stink or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but I, man, well, I can't say it. I can't like, say with my female friends that I have now that I narrowed it down to. We don't like when we fall out, we, we don't really fall out. Like say we get mad at each other, whatever like that. When we come back, we do have that conversation. Well, I didn't like the way you said this, this, that, and the third. And well, from now on, because I'll give you an example. Like, one of my friends, I was like, she was like, oh, you doing this? You doing that? And you didn't even tell me about it. I was like, girl, I, I invite you to everything that I have. Like, I invite you to, like, these networking things. Like, you never want to come. She's like, well, those are your friends. And I don't know them. 
This, that, and the third. Okay, I was like, well, you go to the doctor's office, you talk to people in the waiting room all the time. You go to the grocery store, you talk to people you don't know all the time. So you in a classroom, you talk to your classmates. You don't really know them, but you tell them some of your business and you talk to them all the time. What's the difference with you coming with me? She's like, well, you're going to be with your friends. I'm like, if I'm inviting you, why would I leave you? I want you. I want you with me, but you don't. But you got. But, but why it, it has to be. Your hand yeah, in, you want in, me to in be a social setting like this, walking up with you That's with my arm. Yeah, like, come on, talk to this person. Hey, say your name. Like, yeah, I'm not about to do that. We went on a trip, and me and my cousin, we kind of act like we're both Libras. We really <sighs> act like so. <laughs> she was the only oddball. And she's not used to like going outside of her comfort zone. So we made her get the GPS. It was like, we going to the, to the CVS, type in CVS, do this, do that. We made her do a lot of stuff. It was her first flight. We made her figure out how to get to the gate, all kind of stuff. So I feel like those type of friendships are needed. Like it may be something that I'm struggling with and I'm your friend because I need to learn it. I need to learn where you how to get where you at. And I think it but in that same being with me trying to learn where you are, I have to be open to what you need to teach me to. So you had to verb the baby. Pretty yeah. much. You had to verb the baby, raise the baby. Yeah. I mean that and and something we know what friends we have to have mm-hmm. that way too. Um and we we treat them with a different type of care. You know what I'm saying? And when we do have them in social settings, we do kind of coddle them a little bit more because of some people are not social butterflies. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of us are social butterflies. We can go in any setting and maneuver our way, do it the best way we can. We may not strike up a conversation, but if the conversation is struck, mm-hmm. we know how to. You know what I'm saying? Entertain the conversation and hold our own within it. Not everybody's like that. Some people need to be guided through their conversations to keep them. It has to be a back and forth. If it ever somebody stops giving you something to combat with, then it's silence. Some people are like that. Yeah. Somebody has to keep motivating you and giving, feeding you something for your mind to stimulate. Some people are not individual thinkers. Yeah. Some people shut down completely when they're challenged so I think that plays a part in it it as well but more so like knowing your friends like you have to know which one of those are like that like they are the shutter downers be like so what you thought about it so what you think like and get invite them into the conversation even though it may seem a little pacifying ish but at the same time they're your friend for a reason you but you're not going to help them you're not going to support them and yeah, we we have to we have to have patience, and I think that's a lot of things we lack in this day and time too. Is patience. We gotta have that. Everything is not little Caesar's heart and ready. Yeah, and that's what we lack. But I, you know, I appreciate the de- the the great dialogue that you brought to the table. Um, today because this was this was much needed on a Sunday because it feels like we all had that spiritual day today that we needed to you know get off our chest because we had you know it was one of those moments of you know the message I had today was you know 
Jesus is in the room. And when you said what you said when you were sitting down, how um oh, the church, presence, the presence the, of God yes. So when you said that, it struck me because that was what my message was about when I went to church earlier. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. He was just like, you know, he's always, you know when he's in the room. You know what I'm saying? Because it's gonna be strong. And when you said what you said, it was like, that's real. And then when you came in, you know, and we just started just clicking off the muscle. Like, it was just like, you know what? This was something that was really, really needed. Um, but I want you to give all your tags where they can find you at, um, for anybody to follow your social media, um, anything to find out what you're hosting, you know, when you're getting back to your events, anything that they can find you socially. I want you to give them all of that, um, before we leave so everybody can stay connected with you. Okay, so um, my business name is Rebuild Savannah on Instagram. It is rebuild.savannah. Um, my name under it is Mother Mela. Uh, I have an event coming up in June, and it's the only holiday we should be celebrating in June, which is Juneteenth. <laughs> um. I'm going to give you the information. It's an actual uh, two-day event. And it'll be June 18th and June 19th. On June 18th, is from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And on June 19th, is from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's going to be at Daffin Park. Um, vendors are welcome. Food trucks, non-food vendors, arts and craft vendors, food vendors, Nonprofit organizations. If you want any information as to how, what are the fees, the times you need to be there, what supplies you need for it to be there, um, just send me a message on Instagram or you can email me at rebuild912 at gmail. Um, I think that's the closest event that I have so far this year. Um, if you have a business and you want me to shout you out, on Instagram or, you know, wherever I'm at, <laughs> just hit me up. Let me know. Um, keep me informed. If you have events in the city or whatever like that, or if you have topics that you want me to speak more about or want my opinion on about the city and its development within the black black community, um, just hit me up and let me know via email or Instagram. So. Hello. Jack, you got anything you want to before we close up? Well, you know, it's always an honor uh, for you to allow me to be in the rapper hole. So, um, just appreciate what you bring into this platform and having what the Mayla. Mayla, uh appreciate what you've given, not just to the people for me as well. Um, I just want to end it with, uh, well, what I have to say is, uh, and I wrote this down when my pastor was giving me notes on today. Um, this is the season to be open to the voice of the Lord. Uh, God is pulling on you to leave what is familiar and normal. You will not be stuck in this season. And um, you can't control who God is using. And I just feel like, don't get comfortable in this season. Like, you have to be... Clear every ungodly stuff out of you. I know it's, it is, you can't do it overnight. It takes time, but as long as you're working, pushing yourself more and more each and every day, 
you'll get to the point to where God wants you to be. Um, build that relationship with him. Create that opportunity to for him to step into your life and get out the driver's seat. Let him drive the wheel. You know, uh, a lot of people continue to want to be in a driver's seat and still want to take his commands, but they don't go like that. But um, once again, bro, thank you um, for putting me on your platform. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you for always being available, man. Being available and wanting to be a part of the movement and the platform. And uh, Mother Mela, I appreciate you for taking the time to come and grace your presence into the rabbit hole. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I hope you Thank you for having me. No problem. You know, you're, you're welcome. Anytime that you want to come on, anytime that you got anything going on and you want to promote it, rabbit hole is always over for you. Appreciate it. No doubt. You know, and, and we're in the rabbit hole and it's JP on the FW podcast. Follow me. Talked to Jesse the other day, he's getting out to me. I'm not on a team, but I be ballin' though. And I'm not from the three, but rest in peace to Mario. Look, I'm sorry though, because my swag kills. And if I don't buy up everything, my cash will. Shout out to my mother, cause she feelin' sad. Still a video, ain't driving, I got cameras on my ass still. She teased it, told me that my circle's too big. But I'm too busy wondering if my shirt is too big. Dumb hard, y'all gum hard. Like Wayne, I don't stunt, I stunt hard. See, I'm ballin', tryna get a beat.